ask God for wisdom. That's where we start, is this proper understanding that we are not God and we need Him. We need His wisdom. We're looking for what we think will make us happy and that is just the opposite of wisdom. It's when we're doing that, we're not following after God, the Lord, we're following after God with a little G. This is Allie. This is Kyle. And we're here to chat about doing all things in the name of the Lord Jesus. Here we go. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith, with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. Well, I guess I first just wanted to understand what wisdom is and and so like what is that, you know? Um, so I looked at it and it says having or showing experience, knowledge, and good judgment. This is what the dictionary? Yeah, just okay. from the dictionary. Okay, cool. Yeah, just from the dictionary. That's what I looked up. And so then I thought, well, that's just like a general definition of what wisdom is but how does that apply i guess to our christian lives and how does that what does that mean and so just thinking through it well it says like good judgment so what is good judgment and it's doing what is right before the lord like doing what is good like to live life for god's glory we need wisdom that that's how that translates um and so especially in trials because that's the context of what James is talking about is that he's saying in trials, like, so he's going like count it all joy. He's gone through and told us about the trials. And then he says, and if you lack wisdom, and and I would say it applies to the trials. Like if you lack wisdom, as you're going through the trials, ask the Lord mm -hmm. for that. So ask the Lord for good judgment, for knowledge, for knowing how to handle a trial um, in the Old Testament. Solomon asked God for an understanding mind to govern God's people. Like he says then to discern between what is good and what's evil. Like, so that's part of the wisdom is to understand mm -hmm. when something's good, when something's evil, when something's right, when something's wrong, when something's just, when something is unjust. And Solomon asked him to understand that to be able to understand that so that he can govern god's people like he wants to do right by god and he wants to do right by god's people um and that to me just points back to the our com the main commandment to love god and to love others and we can't do that if we are we can't be wise and we can't look for or seek to do God's will or to do good by people. If we're seeking our own pleasure, if we're seeking our own wants, we're seeking our own agendas, like that's not wisdom. That's the opposite of wisdom. Because if Solomon is saying, tell me what is good, tell me what is evil, so I can govern God's people, there there has to be something to that, that he's wanting to do good or to do right by God and to do right by the people, not to do right by his own agenda. Now he fails, <laughs> you know, he, Solomon is not perfect, but that is what he is trying to do. That's what he initially seeks after. He seeks after doing God's will and learning what that is because we don't know that without him. I want to say anything. I just want to high five. Like, yes, that's it. Like, awesome. Because if, 
we are chasing after approval of others, if we're chasing after money, if we're chasing after success, we're chasing after everything other than God and to lay down our lives for other people. Like we're looking for ourselves. We're looking to have the applause for ourselves. We're looking for what we think will make us happy. And that is just the opposite of wisdom. It's when we're doing that, we're not following after God, the Lord. We're following after gods with a little G. So that's why we need wisdom because our hearts are inclined to want to chase after these things. Unfortunately, because of our sin, we are chasing after those things and we need wisdom to realign us to go back to what is evil, what is good, and what is good is loving the Lord and loving other people. Um, and so then, go ahead if you want to no, say something. No, okay. No, I just want to say that's so good. Okay. Like, I'm, I'm rocking with this. So. <laughs> um, and so then, I wanted to learn more about what else does the Bible say about wisdom. And so you go to Proverbs because it's Mm -hmm. the book of wisdom. It says in Proverbs 1-7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. Fools despise wisdom and instruction. So that's kind of what I wanted to understand, right? That, That just goes back to from fearing God and not fearing other people, not fearing our circumstances, not fearing, again, because that leads us to chase after other things, to chase after what we think is the solution. I need more money to solve this problem. I need people's approval to make me feel good. I need whatever, you know, to to chase after those things. And so then you think that's wise when you're chasing after those things. You're like, yes, I need money because this is going to solve my problems because it's going to do X, Y, Z. I need people's approval because I'm going to feel so good about myself. And I need to, I need that from people because that's just going to be what is going to elevate me. And my, my life is going to be so happy if I chase after that. Again, that's chasing after the wrong thing. You got to chase after the Lord because the Lord is the one that we should be worshiping. The Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Fearing God is the beginning of wisdom. So that is something that was really helpful just to start there because, again, it shows us where our hearts should be. It should be toward the Lord and fearing Him. And until we fear Him and until we are seeking after Him, we won't be able to understand what wisdom is. Um, Until we are understanding that we get everything that we need from him, then that's the beginning of wisdom. That is where it starts. Knowledge would be a replacement word for wisdom, I would say, right? Like knowledge is another word maybe. Well, well, here's how we defined it in philosophy classes. Mm -hmm. Um, Knowledge is knowledge, you know, from what we know, five plus five is 10 and Etc. Cetera, Etc. Cetera. Knowledge, but wisdom is the applied mm-hmm. knowledge. Mm-hmm. That's how I've heard it said. Awesome. So, Thanks. Yeah. Um, so it's not until we get what we need, or we see, we realize that we can get what we need. That all we need is the Lord. That that's where the wisdom starts. That's where the application of what is good and evil and mm-hmm. following after the Lord right. comes. Um, And understanding that our identity and everything, again, going back to the gospel, going back to, well, Jesus died on the cross for me, 
and he raised to life. And so now when I believe in him, I have my secure eternity in, with him and he loves me and he loves me more than anybody else. So I don't need to chase after other people's approval. And he's there with me and he says that he's going to be there for me. He's going to, um, he does not forsake me. So he's there with me and he helps me and he empowers me. He gives me everything I need basically to live this life. Then when I don't need to chase after anything else, I have everything I need it with the Lord. And so then, then when you understand that we love him because he first loved us, right? There goes that. And then we can love other people because we're secure in the Lord and we have everything else that we need. So then we can fulfill the commandments that he is asking us to fulfill. Let's go to Proverbs 2, 6. For the Lord gives wisdom from his mouth come knowledge and understanding. So that's, again, seeking after him. And this is the my life verse. Last time you talked about your life verse. And I want to go to Matthew 6.33. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Wisdom, including wisdom, right? Seek after the Lord, because it says in Proverbs 2.6, for the Lord gives wisdom. And so if we seek after the Lord, all these things, including wisdom, when we're seeking him, will be added unto us when we ask for it. Yeah. And I mean, I think that's what James said. For him who does not doubt, that's literally what it says. If you ask, it will be given to you. Like, th it, that's a promise. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given to him. Someone once asked me, what does reproach mean? You know, and it's like, okay, well, if you think about how we are called to be above reproach, that means we're above, we're living in such a way that we can't be blamed, we can't be condemned, God is not going to disapprove of us. And in this way, if you lack wisdom, God's going to give you the wisdom generously. And he's not going to condemn you or blame you or anything. He wants to give it to you. And I think, man, that's awesome to see that in the heart of God. This verse 5 in, in James 1, James says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God. Now, I think that's like an interesting way to start it. If any of you lacks wisdom. Now, okay, you might be thinking, okay, sure. Yeah. Next time I'm lacking wisdom, I'm going to ask God. Yeah. Next time I'm like needing a question answered or I'm thinking about something. Okay. I'm going to ask God. Let's see how the Bible frames who needs wisdom. So if you turn to Romans 12, verse 16, Paul says, Live in harmony with one another. Do not be haughty, but associate with the lowly. Never be wise in your own sight. And there it is. So if we're called to never be wise in our own eyes, okay, that's also from the Old Testament, like this idea of not being wise in our own sight and being humble. Well, then this would apply to everyone. And James 1, if any of you lacks wisdom, so therefore... If we aren't wise in our own eyes, well, we all need wisdom. <laughs> so, therefore, ask God for wisdom. That's where we start. Is this proper understanding that we are not God and we need Him. We need His wisdom. And as you were saying, I love that you were talking about how this frames us in this state of need and realizing our need. It doesn't actually cause us to need God. 
just calls attention to the very fact that we do need God and that we need his wisdom. So that's really what's framing and undergirding all of what we're talking about. Um, now, if you were to ask like, okay, well, what does the wisdom of God look like? And I think it's helpful that James also not only talks about wisdom and asking for it, but then he gives us a picture of what godly wisdom looks like in James 3. So James 3, 13 through 18. Who is wise and understanding among you? By his good conduct, let him show his works in the meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your hearts, do not boast and be false to the truth. This is not the wisdom that comes down from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, demonic. For where jealousy and selfish ambition exist, there will be disorder and every vile practice. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. And a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. So I think when we start to realize, okay, here's the flow of thought. If any of you lacks wisdom, which all of you do, if you're actually humble and acknowledging where you're really at with God, we all need wisdom. We need his wisdom. So we ask it. And then we start to understand what godly wisdom, literally, he gives us a, a formula for understanding what wisdom from the earthly wisdom that actually uses the word demonic is like what they call wisdom. It's not really wisdom, but then what was, what does godly wisdom look like? And I just love that he shows us right here. And now an ad. You have a problem. Me? What do you mean? You have relationship issues. <sighs> I'm sorry. What did I do? Well, it's not just you. We all have relationship issues. With family, friends, spouses, dating, bosses, classmates, people from church, and most importantly, our relationship with God. We have a relationship course and it's coming soon. Go to the link in our show notes to sign up for our email waitlist to get a massive discount on our course when it launches. But the wisdom from above is first pure, okay? then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits, impartial and sincere. Wow. Okay. So if, now as we talk about discernment and getting wisdom and stuff, so God has given you his Holy Spirit. If you're in Christ, God is giving you his Holy Spirit. And this is for your discernment so that you can weigh out what is what is just maybe my own inclinations? What am I desiring? Maybe what are my idols that I'm pursuing inside? Or is this godly wisdom? And so always keep James 3 in mind for understanding what might be godly wisdom and what's not. So again, if you're seeing chaos and disorder, every vile practice, we know this is not of God. We already know from other scripture that God is a God of peace. God is a God of order and all of these things. Like we know this is, these are godly attributes. So if you're seeing disorder and every vile practice, yeah, stay clear of that. You can understand and start to discern what God's will is, what his wisdom is. In Romans 12 2, Paul talks a little bit about discerning the will of God. So let's turn there. God through Paul says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind 
that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Okay, so if you want to know what the will of God in your life is, you have to have your mind transformed. You cannot be conformed to this world. You have to be transformed in your mind. And how are you transformed in your mind? You are transformed through God's Word. This is our tool, our the very vessel that God uses to transform our minds and our hearts so that we can discern what the will of God is, what is good and acceptable and perfect. I don't know about you, but I want to know what God's will is. I want to understand that in my life, in the day-to-day, and for all of my life. So how do I do that? I don't think that we can do that apart from God's Word. Here's a thread for that. Other times, Paul mentions the will of God specifically like that. There's, there aren't a lot of instances where we see this written out like this is the will of God, but this is one of those instances. It automatically pointed me back to this passage in 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, 16 through 18. And Paul writes, Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You understand what God's will is? It's this. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing, and give thanks to God in all circumstances. There it is. There's a formula for one thing that you can know what God's will for your life is, is to do that in all circumstances, always. And that's pretty cool. But as we were talking about having our minds transformed, okay, and okay, the thread of thinking here. Okay, I want to show you something that Jesus actually prayed regarding our sanctification. That sanctification is just meaning this word to be set apart for the work of God, to be made holy, to be more Christ-like. That's sanctification, okay? Take a look at John 17, 17. As Jesus was about to go to the cross and pay the ultimate punishment for our sins, he prays to the Father. Now, he doesn't pray for uh, he doesn't pray out loud for his own sake he even says it's for them who are listening it's for their benefit their edification so this is totally for his disciples and by extension for us jesus prays in john 17:17 17, 17, he says sanctify them in the truth your word is truth okay he could have just stopped there and said sanctify them in the truth But he clarifies just to make sure that those who are listening hear this. Your word is truth. No doubt he's also talking about himself. He is the truth, right? He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. We know that this scripture is the word of God. These are the very words of God, even through the apostles. And so, as he says, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. So Jesus... God himself, we see his heart that he desires for us to be sanctified. We see that he desires for us to be sanctified in the truth, to be, and he clarifies, this is how it's done. Your word is truth. Be sanctified through your word, through God's word. So this is how our minds are transformed, and this is God's will overarching that we would be sanctified and that it would be through his word. It can't be apart from God's word that we're sanctified. And then, man, I just want to show you this powerful statement and this promise of God that 
we've seen how he, Jesus wants us to be sanctified, and then there's this promise that he will sanctify us. So check out 1 Thessalonians 5, 23-24. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Man, that's awesome. So you get the promise right here fulfilled because he is faithful. He will surely do it. What is it he will do? He will keep us blameless at his coming. Okay. The, the will, the prayer here is that may the God of peace himself sanctify you. God himself will sanctify us with his spirit that Jesus promised that we have after he ascended. He gives to those who are in him and who believe in him. And it sanctifies completely. So it's sanctification is sort of this idea of already but not yet. You know, like we have it promised to us. We know that it will happen. It, it, we will be sanctified completely. It's that complete sanctification is what's actually said in verse 23. So we understand that complete sanctification will happen. It's it's not going to happen while we're still in this flesh, while we still have sin, and we sort of are inclined to that. We lack wisdom, right? This is where it falls apart, where if we were God, we would have the perfect wisdom. We would be able to fulfill his commandments of loving him perfectly and also loving others. But we lack that wisdom. That's why we need that. And so we can bear fruit and live more Christ-like. However, it's not going to be done right now, but it will be done. And in fact, you can bet you that because he loves you, he will sanctify you. He will continue to prune you. This is that promise and how it all connects throughout the Bible. Jesus promises John 15, I will prune you and it's for your good. And then you see in First Thessalonians that Yes, he who calls you is faithful. God, who is faithful to himself, will complete this work in you. So don't lose heart. Ask him for wisdom. He has promised that he will give that to you. He has promised for the wisdom for you to find discernment and what godly wisdom looks like in your life. And then to be able to act on that in obedience. That's the fruit of God. And then I think about how this discernment, there are things that are going to come up in your life where you, of course, we need God's wisdom throughout life just to even live out the day to day and loving God with all of us, every bit of our mind, heart, soul, and strength, and to love others as ourselves. And yet there's going to be circumstances in life that you're going to say, well, should I do this? Or how about this? And I think, yes, we can ask God's wisdom for all things, for all of this. Now, there are going to be certain circumstances where it's going to be a right or left decision. It's going to say, I could go this way, I could go this way, and God is giving you the freedom to go left or right. It's not a right or wrong. But that's what we're asking also for God's wisdom in. Is this wrong to do this? Would, it, would it, this be harmful? Would this be detrimental to the advance of the gospel for you working that through me? Because that's what I want, God. I want to love you more. I want to love others. And I want to see your glory. I want to see you glorified through my life. You may face times like this in your life. It could be 
do I marry this person or do I not? What about this decision? Like we're talking big things that have monumental consequences in your life, your finances, um, of course, who you're linking arms up with in life. And you should be asking God for that. And uh, a little small advice that pray and ask God if this is right for you. But at times when I, I can't get a read on if at the, in the moment when I'm praying and if it's not extremely clear, I just sort of hold back. And I'll say, I don't know, but I'm going to wait on you, God, because it doesn't mean that he's going to give you the wisdom at that moment in that hour. It may be a week or two from now. It may be months from now, because maybe if he told me when I wanted to know, I would have short skirted the issue and I would have taken a shortcut of done something horribly wrong. Instead, he gives us what we need to know when we need to know it. But I think we ought to be asking and seeking him on that for his glory. Thanks for listening. Follow us on Instagram at in all things official for the latest happenings.